Greetings, everyone, and welcome to what is now the 48th episode of the podcast that is called The Follower, where we encourage each other to follow Jesus Christ. We do that through studying the Bible and through doing uh, theological reflection as well. And I want to say a special hello to whoever's listening in Bangladesh. Uh, One of the neat things about uh, this podcast here over the course of the past few months is to see how uh, and I'm not sure how it happens exactly, uh, but how people stumble across uh, this podcast. And right now there's uh, nine countries, at least that's what my statistics are showing uh, me, nine countries that the follower has uh, a following of. Uh, of course, the United States, uh, by and large, the, the largest contingent. And I don't know, there may be eight of you out there who listen to this on a regular basis, but there are nine countries that have uh, tuned into the follower at at one point in time. Uh, Like I said, the United States and Canada and uh, Kenya and Africa. And then we have Sri Lanka, Singapore, Norway, India, Fiji, and now Bangladesh just popped up uh, after the last episode. So I want to welcome all of you uh, around the world. Uh, Get the word out. Feel free to send a link of the follower to your friends and perhaps uh, there will be some benefit uh, to other people. But we thank God for that. And anyway, I just wanted to greet all of you. Glad that you're here Uh, for this next episode of The Follower, where, remember, it is all about the leader. It's not about us. It's all about the leader. Speaking of leadership, uh, of course, Jesus Christ is our leader, and he is now leading his church into a new year, a new chapter, uh, 2021 is upon us, and my prayers to all of you for a blessed 2021. We don't know, let's face it, we have no clue what is in store for us as an individual. Uh, We have probably no clue what's in store for us just being a part of the human race, No one would have imagined what was going to transpire in 2020, but it has. Things continue to change, seems like daily and weekly, and depending on where you live in the world, uh, politically, there's instability, there's a lot of division. So we enter into 2021 really needing to remember that Jesus Christ is the one we follow. He is the leader. And it's all about the leader. It's not about us. We follow him through the ups and downs of life, through the wonderful high times, and also in those deep, dark valleys that we inevitably walk through in life. And we are definitely walking through one of those valleys right now as we continue to work our way through all of the confusion and uncertainty of the pandemic. And uh, anyway, just want to remind you that 
that it is Jesus Christ, uh, our good shepherd, who is leading the flock, and it is our job to follow him closely and to trust. Uh, we walk by faith, not by sight, and that's that's hard to do. And even though we're in New Year, we uh, we don't know what lies ahead even tomorrow, let alone a month from now or five months from now or ten months from now. But uh, each day we have to wake up and we have to be reminded that Jesus is is our leader and we are called to follow him and trust as we follow. So wherever you are in the journey, just know that uh, we're in this together and we have a common leader who is leading his church, his flock, through, uh, through these uncertain uh, times that we travel in. So uh, just again, just a reminder, be encouraged that we serve a great shepherd, the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, who leads his flock for his glory. So you probably noticed the uh, title of this podcast is just uh, simply entitled Introduction to Christian Theology. Now, uh, I am seeking here to go through a series of podcasts to highlight some of the important aspects of Christian theology and also to discuss why these things are of practical importance to us as followers of Jesus Christ. Now, I teach theology. I have taught theology and uh, are at a Christian university in Northern California. I've taught it in local churches in various ways. I've taught it overseas with leaders and pastors outside of the United States. And um, I am getting ready to uh, teach in the spring, God willing, if things, if travel restrictions are accommodating us. We will uh, travel to Tanzania in East Africa, and I will be teaching a two-week class to a group of about 40 Christian leaders and Bible uh, Bible college students and other church leaders on the topic of Christian theology. And if, if you think <laughs> that this is going to be boring because let's face it sometimes we hear the word theology and we think of rules or dogma or people who are very legalistic that obviously is not my goal is to uh, bore you or to just share dogma and rules with you but to talk about the importance of theology in the life of the church and in the life of Christian disciples as we follow Jesus Christ. Is theology important? Now let's just talk about that term theology. It's a compound word in the Greek coming from theos and logos. Theos meaning God and logos meaning the word, our uh, communication, our, our talk. So it's talking about God. It's it's words about God or the study of God and the things pertaining to God. And theology is 
exactly that. It's it's opening up the Bible and it is talking about the things that we learn about God and the things that pertain to God. So do we need theology to follow Jesus? To be followers of Jesus, is, is theology something that we need? And if we do, how much of it do we need? What type of theology do we need? And, and I'll say this, I've noticed kind of an anti-theology sentiment that is permeating churches today. Many newer churches, younger generation churches, don't really see the need for engaging in theological discussions. Uh, they see it as more of a hindrance to Christian life, as something that can actually promote it and enhance it. And so there are some churches who don't even have a doctrinal statement or a statement of faith. They completely avoid theology. They think, again, that it's just these things are too controversial. They're, are, they're inconsequential to being a, a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so you have that one extreme where you've got people who are very anti theology. Uh, but as we'll see, theology has always been something that is imperative and important to the church throughout all of history. And we're going to take a look at that here uh, after the break. We're going to discuss why engaging in theological discussion and embracing theological studies is essential to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Some of you may have heard of the name C.S. Lewis, a very famous Christian author and, uh, uh, well, very intelligent man who wrote a book, many books, but one in particular that you perhaps are familiar with called Mere Christianity. And in Mere Christianity, he's talking about uh, theology. It's a theological work in many regards. And he has this quote about theology. So I'm going to read this quote by C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity. He says, quote, theology is like a map of the Atlantic Ocean. It isn't the same as actually being in the ocean itself, experiencing the waves, the wind, and the ocean spray, but it helps us know how to get there and move forward. You will not get very far by simply looking at the map without going to the sea, nor will you be very safe if you go to the sea without a map, end quote. And the point he's making here, I think, is obvious uh, theology is a guide. It's a, it's a map that helps us navigate uh, our relationship, our day-to-day -day relationship with the Lord. And it's there to not only guide, but to protect us, just as he says. It wouldn't be very safe to travel to the sea without a map and know where you were going. And theology is like that. And theology has always been an important aspect in the life of the church. 
many of the creeds, in fact, all of the creeds throughout church history, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, these were theological works, and they were comprised for really two reasons. Number one, to confront false teaching, the heresy, the the false doctrine that would be spreading and advancing and influencing the early church. So these creeds confronted and combated the false teaching, but on the other hand, they also clarified the true teaching of the Christian faith. And so the creeds are very important. They're theological works that combat false teaching, and it clarifies what the true teaching of the Christian faith is. In Scripture itself, in the New Testament, we see the importance of doctrine in the life of the church. I like to say that uh, proper theology has always been imperative to the survival, health, and purity of the Christian church. In Acts chapter 2, 42, it says they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. The apostles' teaching, or the apostles' doctrine. Paul has a lot to say in Romans, and in Ephesians, in the pastoral epistles like First and Second Timothy, and in Titus. It comes up over and over and over again, the importance of doctrine. Uh, he He says in Romans 16, verses 17 and 18, he says, I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the doctrine which you learned. It's something that had been learned. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, he says this, he goes, We are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. And so doctrine has a, has a way to just carry us away. And um, he says the same thing in 1 Timothy 4, verse 6. He says to Timothy, In pointing these things out to the brethren, you'll be a good servant of Christ Jesus, constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound doctrine which you have been following. You can see it in 1 Timothy 4, 16, and 1 Timothy 6, 3 and 4. In 2 Timothy 1, 13 and 14, in 2 Timothy 2, 2, in 2 Timothy 4, 3, in Titus 1, 9, in Titus 2, 1. All of these things that um, just continue to remind us of the importance of doctrine in the life of the church and being a follower of Jesus. Speaking of Jesus, what about him? Did he have anything to say about the importance of doctrine for the follower of Jesus? I think that people's theology did matter to Jesus, and he was concerned that his followers were theologically um, correct, if you will. Uh, he understood that that if his followers were embracing wrong theology, that it would lead to wrong living, and that they truly wouldn't be able to follow him. And there's just uh, two texts in, in particular that I want to point out as we talk about 
this idea of Jesus being concerned with the theology of his disciples. And it's in the book of Revelation. And if you're familiar with the book of Revelation, you know that in chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation, it it is uh, Jesus writing letters to the seven churches who uh, are in Asia. And he's writing them, it's almost like a report card, giving them uh, the things that they do good and that they have been doing well and then the things that he has against them and a call for these churches to repent. Of the seven churches, two of the churches are uh, are not called to repent. So two of them didn't have anything that they were told to repent of. And these churches were the, the first church, the church in Smyrna, which we know was the poor church, and the church in Philadelphia, which we also know was um, uh, very powerless and and who also uh, were dealing with a lot of uh, persecution, more than normal. So of the five that are told to repent, two of them are told to repent of issues related to theology. And from Jesus, from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So, for instance, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 14, as Jesus is addressing the church at Pergamum, he says to them that um, you have people there, people in the church, he says, who hold to the teaching of Balaam, Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin by eating food sacrificed to idols and by committing sexual immorality. Likewise, you have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Repent, therefore. So as he's talking about his followers at this church in Burke, excuse me, Pergamum, he says that the people there are holding to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans and of Balaam. And he says to repent of their bad theology. Again, you can read that in Revelation 2, verses 12 through 16. And then in the church at Thyatira, he says something similar. He says, I have this against you. He says, you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess, by her doctrine, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. And again, there's some bad doctrine going on in this church at Thyatira. And Jesus says, I have this against you. You are embracing and following this the doctrine of this woman who is misleading my servants. So it's a call for proper theological thinking, embracing correct doctrine and beliefs so that it could then trans uh, transform the people into true followers whose lives would be consistent, their deeds and their behavior consistent with the doctrine, the truth of the Christian faith that 
they claim to have. And so Christ tells these two churches in Pergamum and Thyatira that they need to repent in essence of their bad theology. And so as we move ahead in this series uh, of podcasts, uh, again, I'm going to walk us through Christian theology. And the way I'm going to do this is by doing something called systematic theology, which is basically organizing the main areas of theology that we find in the Bible putting them into categories, and then discussing these categories. So it's called systematic theology. When I went to seminary, um, there were several classes on theology that I had to take. So again, the idea of organizing the main topics of theology and putting them into these categories of which there are 10. There are 10 categories, and I'm just going to list them very quickly, and then in subsequent podcasts, we'll talk about each one in particular. But these 10 categories of systematic theology are number one, the Bible. Number two, God the Father. Number three, God the Son. Jesus Christ. Number four, God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Number five, the doctrine of angels. Number six, the doctrine of humanity. Number seven, the doctrine of sin. Number eight, the doctrine of salvation. Number nine, the doctrine of the church. And the tenth and last doctrine or category of systematic theology is the doctrine of the end times. So these are the 10 categories of systematic theology. And if you imagine a tree, just imagine this big tree, the trunk of the tree, uh, call that trunk theology. And then this tree has 10 large branches coming from it. In those 10 branches are these 10 categories that I just mentioned. And by the way, each of these branches, each one of these 10 categories in this metaphor of a tree can bear fruit. It can bear spiritual fruit. It's important. We can be nourished by theology, by studying the doctrine of scripture, by studying the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, by studying the doctrine of sin and and, uh, angels, all of these 10 categories. But each one of these 10 branches also have, if you will, little uh, twigs attached to them as well. So there can be subcategories even under these 10. For instance, the doctrine of Christ. You could have a subcategory that would be a little twig coming out of that called his his deity, the deity of Christ. And another twig that could be the humanity of Christ. For the church, you could have a, a small twig coming from the main branch of the doctrine of the church. That would be just on the, the ordinances of the church 
and another one that's the offices of the church, and another one the organization of the church. So this is what systematic theology uh, attempts to do, taking these 10 main theological um, topics of Scripture and categorizing them and sifting through all of the verses that deal with these so that we have some kind of understanding of what we should believe about each. And this is why systematic theology books are so huge. They're hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages. They're multi-volumes because they attempt to do just that, take these 10 categories and then exhaust all of Scripture to come up with some sort of formula or belief system based on scripture and into these 10 categories. I want to thank you again for tuning in to this episode of The Follower. I am really looking forward to moving forward in this series of podcasts on Christian theology and the importance of theology and breaking down these 10 categories of systematic theology and discussing the importance of them and the practical nature of them as we seek to follow Jesus Christ. Again, through the ups and the downs, through the highs and the lows, through the good times and the bad times, we continue to follow Jesus Christ. And, uh, Let's encourage one another to do that. My name is Michael Brogna, and I am a follower of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Talk to you next time.